0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. I'm trying to follow them and you caught me off guard. I was like, at Presence Youth. Hey, they follow me. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Okay. I was going to, I was looking, I was looking up for the photos. Dude, you can't see it, but I'm going to show it to you anyway. Like you can't see it, but that's the bullet like I wish we had a camera that you could like see it, but that's the bullet it's like it's like totally punk it's like it looks like a like a movie wow. it's crazy, and then sorry don't be do don't be gross this is the shoulder without the bullet <laughs> I don't know how this happens, but all right oh oh, what's, oh the no, that was without. Yeah, yeah. this is with the bullet in there. Oh. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this in church, but. That is so All right, wow. sorry. Can you see that kind <laughs> uh, <is> so cool. <laughs> like like, of? Oh, man. That's I'm pretty sure that's not allowed in church, but that's okay. That's real life. Yeah. Jesus would have been like, oh, I'll take care of that. There we oh. go. Oh, man. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm pumped. We had, Our drummer got healed, like, and he's just visiting. Like, that's actually Penny and Glenn's son. Thanks, Andrew. So I don't mean to embarrass you. But come on, that's amazing. Like dude, that was remarkable. So quick, people just started getting healed around the room. If you still need healing at all, like just just lay your hands on it, and by the end, we'll just check in with you, okay? Um, I was singing before this too. I was praying in my car. I say, God, I just I want to do the service the way you want to do it, yeah, and I want to be I want to be available to what you want to do, and uh, and so I was just feeling like you know we, we had the t- I feel like we had time for it and we did it. So it's it's like eleven fifteen. We usually start this this the message a little bit earlier, but like, is isn't it feel good to be able to like take a turn when Holy Spirit wants to heal some people? Yeah. Come on. Every time you see a miracle, it it should teach you about who God is. It should teach you about who he is. He he doesn't heal to to be flashy. Doesn't need to be. He heals to teach us what he's like. Okay. I want to talk today um, about uh, uh, some... uh, topic. I love this topic. I was just feeling, I love the topic of process. We kind of last week kind of hit on on process and walking through difficult things. And we talked about um, the word of faith, holding on to what God has said versus our experiences, Um, but also recognizing that sometimes we need to walk through process um, in the midst of waiting for that promise to happen. One of the, one of the, one of the strategies in walking through process is, is, is walking through it in a healthy way, Um, And and one way I felt the Lord wants to highlight today is the power of our words. Now, we've been going for like three years, three and a half years as a church. I know we've talked about the power of our words before. I might have preached on it, but not recently. And to be honest, we could talk about this at least once a quarter, (laughs) every, every few months, because our words are some of the most powerful, powerful rudders of our lives. And so it's, it's, if you don't have people around you that are consistently kicking you and saying, don't say that. <laughs> if you don't have people around you like that, there's a good chance you've, you've kind of slacked on your words. Uh-huh. So we're going to jump in this a little bit. I'm going to try and be, uh, I'm trying to get through this. If not, we'll, I'll save it. But there's power in our tongue, okay? There, there's power, the Bible says that the, the, the power of the tongue can set a whole forest aflame. It can start forest fires in, in, in our in our lives. Um, but isn't it cool that it could do the same amount of power in the other direction? Psalms uh, Psalms 14 141 verse 3, David says it says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. That's the passion. And so David recognizes that he his mouth is moving. He recognizes that he has all sorts of thoughts going through his head. He's got songs coming out of him and yet he's still very intentional and careful about what comes out of his mouth. Set a guard over my mouth. How many of you guys wish there was a bigger guard over your mouth? (laughs) I I do. Um, If... And I'm going to take a, a little bit rabbit trail. I, I used to work on um, uh, personality profiles. When I got done with ministry school, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, my career before ministry school was, I was a Navy helicopter pilot for nine years, worked at the Navy survival school. So I, I did, uh, we did prisoner of war training and stuff like that. Um, and, and I knew Jesus at the same time. So just, it's okay. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> We teach people how to evade, capture, all that fun stuff. So we, if you ever want to talk about that, you can take me out to lunch or something. Um, but but when, I, when I got done with ministry school, I'm like, well, I don't really want to go back and fly helicopters, and I don't know what I would do interrogating people um, as a job anymore. <laughs> so, but I, I knew there was something in me that got excited about about, about people thriving, and, and what I really love this idea of strength finders and, and focusing on what we're great at, and so uh, I just God told me to be a man of action, and with face was doing something or doing nothing. I will always choose to do something, and so that was the season I was in. I will do something rather than doing nothing, and so I, I didn't know what to do. You guys ever feel like a little a little uh, paralyzed, like I don't know what to do next? Maybe you came back from a career and you're like, what do I do now? Maybe this is for you. So yeah, I just, I declare this over myself. I'm a man of action. When face was doing something or nothing, I will always choose to do something. And so this guy, so I asked this guy that was telling me about what he does with personalities. I said, well, what, what do you think I should do? He says, well, I think this would be good. If you ever start a church, you're coaching, you could get certified. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And I just chose to, I don't know if this is the right move or not the right move, but I was going to do something. Amen. So anyway, I learned all about personality. So I think when I, when I think about talking and I think about our words, I immediately think about personalities. Because how many of you guys would consider yourselves, and I'm not trying to label you because you get to be all things. How many of you guys would consider yourself naturally to be more of an internal, introverted person using fewer words? Raise your hand. Okay, let me see good, see what our church is made up of. How many of you guys just know that you know that I'm extroverted and I use many words when I communicate? Raise your hand. Cool. And yeah, we know about the British woman up front. Well, I I am definitely one of the ones who uses lots of words. My wife is kind of, she's somewhere in the middle. And I just, I recognize that some of you guys don't need any more guards over your mouth because you hardly speak. And every word that you do speak has way more weight to it than the thousands that might come out of my mouth. All right, so we have value for everything, right? There is there is heaps of value for people that use fewer words, that talk less, that are more selective of who they talk to. Yes. <laughs> you knew what I'm talking about. You introverted people, you're like, yep. I choose my friends wisely. I've got a few of them. But then you've got the extroverts, us that, that somehow... There's like this machine building and creating words 24-7. And we can't, we can't get those words out of, our li- out of our mouths fast enough. Here's a, here's a fun story. So I, Jessica and I, she's, we're, we're both getting better at growing closer to each other. Um, but when we first got married and for years after, I, 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 I would come home and, sh- and I'd be like, hey, honey, how was your day? because I hadn't seen her all day. And she goes, "How oh, is was good? Oh. <laughs> it was really good. And I'm like, I'm ready to be a listener. I'm ready to listen to what she's going to say. I'm ready to encourage, because I am a words of affirmation. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> And I'd have to like pull it out of her. Like, I know, tell me more about this good day. <laughs> And so we've learned, she's learned to be like, to give me more. And then, and then, and then I'd say, can I tell you about my day? <laughs> and I'd be like, it was great. It started off here. And then I said this to this person. They said this to me. And then we did this together and it was great. And then the Lord told me this. And then, and then by lunchtime, I, and she's, by that time, she's trying to get back to like giving the kids lunch or dinner. And she's like, so I have learned. To, to slow that, that, that roll down. Yeah. So there's beautiful growth on both sides. So hear me on this. There's value for all people. Okay. But when I think about our words and the power of our words, I, I want you to understand like, just who you are. I'm, this isn't a blanket. This is, you're going to embody this message a little bit differently than the person next to you, depending on how many words seem to fly out of your mouth or how selective you are in your words, okay? Okay. So there's power in a tongue. So David, set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. That's great. That's a great prayer. Your words will create life and death in others and in yourself. I'm going to talk about three different ways. Um, There's lots more, but three ways that words affect our world around us. You ready? All right. Number one. Everybody say number one. Number one. We are kept from life with our words. Matthew 15, 11. it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, that you are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. See, we can, as Christians, in the Old Testament, if a leper touched you, you became unclean. If you were in an unclean area, you became unclean. You took on the uncleanliness of the thing that touched you. When Jesus came on the scene, what did he do to lepers? Did he run away from them? No, he ran to them because he knew yeah, that, that they didn't have any power to make him unclean. Yeah. He had the power to make them clean. And so he's, so. Th- and that's why the, the, the religious people at the time were saying, your people are eat, you're doing things in an unclean manner. They're eating foods that are not clean, all this stuff. And Jesus is saying, listen, it's not, it's no longer what goes into a person that makes them unclean. In fact, you've been sanctified in Christ. It, 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 so it's, it's it's not that much, but it's what's more important is what comes out of you. And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we could do a, a, a fairly large tangent to talk about the heart, but I want to I focus on what, the, what, what our mouths are doing. James 1.26, in the Passion, it says, if someone believes they have a relationship with God, but fails to guard his words... And his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. See, our words were, will, are always revealing the level of prosperity that we have inside of us. And this isn't a name it, claim it thing. This is a, a relational thing. Your relationship with God, this is one indicator of how, you're, how relationally you're doing inside, how your heart is doing Now, you can be shut down and your heart doesn't know what to feel and you don't have emotions anymore and your words are just, they're just doing things, right? But when you actually recognize what's coming out of your mouth and you take a second, you recognize, wow, wow, that's coming out of my heart. That's coming out of a belief system that I have embodied. You know, when we, uh, this this comes to life when you're around, I'll say it. Personally, for ourselves, right? How many of you guys have ever caught yourself saying things like, uh, oh, this will never work? Of course. Yeah, of course. Right? How many of you guys ever said, it's like, wow, well, I, th- I would pray for that person, but people never get healed when I pray for them? You know, you know what? I'll, I'll, th- I will never find a job that I love. I'll never, I'll never find out what I'm called to do. Or it's sometimes it's way more subtle, like, man, I'm so bad with names. Or maybe it's like, wow, I'm just not really good at meeting people. I'm not good at connecting with people at church. The reality is everybody is great at connecting with people. Just, you just don't connect with people the way Jay connects with people. Or the way Michael or anybody else. You connect with the way you connect with people. I bet you're great at connecting with people the way you naturally connect with people. But listen, it's... it's It's out of our mouths that will actually defile us, and they'll actually create a world. How does it defile us? When you declare and you speak things around you and your ears hear them, you're creating a system, a pattern, a thought pattern. And so we literally will create, this is why David, I think one of the reasons why David, it might have been more than that, but it's one of the reasons why David was saying, set a guard over my mouth. I had this thought too uh, that, that some of the things that, uh, you know, being in a, uh, watching, um, uh, there, there's certain things that I think we used to think as Christians, like you shouldn't do because it'll defile you. Oh, don't watch those kind of movies. Don't listen to that kind of music. I mean, <laughs> we used to not be able to play electric guitars in church, right? That was the thing. And, and you get, I love when, like, no, don't go into a, a nightclub. Don't go into a bar. You'll be defiled. You'll get, you'll get slimed. We're in a nightclub. Right, yeah, I get that. I don't think anybody, like, wants to go to our church and then they realize, oh, my gosh, the nightclub? No, like, I don't want to get slimed. Listen, it's not the nightclub that's going to slime you. It's your words that say, I might get slimed if I go into a nightclub. Because your words are, it's, it's like you're saying, I don't want to touch a leper or I might get leprosy. Yeah. And Jesus would run into the nightclubs because he knew the nightclub had no power over him. Now, I'm going to caveat that with something. If you, say you love a certain genre of music, and you just, I just, you know, I, well, I'm not going to be religious about this. I don't feel like listening to worship music. I want to listen to this music. And you tend to listen to this music a lot now in the car because it gets you going. You get the high energy because I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to say names or what singers and stuff. But, but you get really jazzed on this. And you're like, well, I'm not defiled by this music because, you know, Jesus wouldn't have been. But here's the, here's, here's the thing I, I want you to, I want to be, keep, be aware of is what does your language sound like? when you start listening to this music more and more? What comes out of your mouth when you get around these types of people? And yeah, and if you can feel it in your heart, like, wow, my heart feels like it's kind of getting like saddened or deadened. I don't, I don't feel like celebrating God. I don't feel like thanking Him for stuff or even being having a gratefulness about me. Like, See, the, we may not get slimed or defiled by things going into us, but because your mind is still an impressionable state because you haven't, you haven't renewed your mind against things like this type of music or this group of people. If you don't have a renewed mind to walk into a nightclub and not get plastered or not do something stupid that you might've done in your past, if you can't walk into those situations and not come out with the right language, with the right beliefs and the right heart position, then stay away from those areas. It's not what goes into you that defiles you. However, if your mind is not renewed, then it's going to affect you in a negative way. I, I remember a friend of mine, uh, my friend Ahab up in Reading, he used to lead the outreach on Friday nights and they would go, his team would go into the bars. And he required anybody on his team had to have been free from pornography for at least six months. That was just his thing. He says, I don't want anybody going in here that could possibly cause them to stumble because they don't have a renewed mind. And so he had this standard that if we're going to minister in a nightclub or in a bar, I need people with renewed minds in this area. Amen? And so one, one way that you can tell how you're doing in certain situations is by the words coming out of your mouth. Yes. Come on. So and listen, it doesn't have to be like, well, praise Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I'm so grateful for Jesus. Pray. It doesn't have to be that every second. That might be really odd in certain settings. But if you're starting to cuss more, or if you're starting to tell coarse jokes, or you're starting to join in on the coarse jokes, coarse, like, you know what I'm talking about, just stuff that just doesn't edify, doesn't build up. That's how you know you might be in, a, you might be in, in the wrong environments, okay? All right. Um, number two, sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut. Like I said, some of you guys, you're like, no problem. I'm an overachiever. Like I got this one. <laughs> I, I'm a locked box. Other of you guys, uh, some of us, we share way too much, way too much. Proverbs 10:19. Uh, I love this. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Thank you, Proverbs. Rather blunt. <laughs> Proverbs eleven thirteen: Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. I, I really believe one of the things that heaven values that the, that that the earth does not is keeping secrets. Um, I, I believe that I think if God calls us to go into our bedrooms with Him alone, I gotta believe that He's going to tell us some secrets. That he's going he's gonna to share some stuff with you that, that he probably just wants between you and him. And I want to encourage you. I feel like there's, I feel like that just, I'm hitting, I'm hitting some, some people's hearts right now. Like, I feel like God's given you, some of you guys secrets. And, um, and I want to encourage you to keep them. When I, when I meet someone and I'm like, and they're like, oh, I just had the most incredible encounter and I want to be like, oh, what happened? Because I'm hungry, you know, here, I want to get, I want to get hungry for other people for encounters with God. And so share your encounter with me. I want to celebrate with you. I want to, I want to encourage you. And they say, oh, I couldn't. I can't tell you. It was, it was between me and him. And me on my extroverted side, I'm, I'm like, no, you're supposed to share everything, you know? <laughs> And they're just, and they're like, no, it's between me and God. It's beautiful. And then I get hungry and jealous for holding secrets. Because I'm just like, oh, (laughs) what kind of relationship do you have with the Father that you long to keep his secrets? And there's something so sweet and intimate about having secrets that only you, like Jess and I, we have secrets that I won't tell you about. We hold a marriage group, and I just, there's some things I'm like, I want to share that because I know it'll help people and encourage people. And then I feel the Lord say, that's not for them to know about. And I'm like, are you sure, God? Because it would really help people. <laughs> and then he's like, no, this is a secret. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's, and honest, and I'll be real with you, he's building, a, he's building this in me. That's, drawn, those words are just being, just, created. Just, they just want to jump out, but I'm like, there's, there's something so powerful and valuable if I'm not doing that. The other side of this is, some of you guys are processing hard places, and you've got, you've got difficult, stressful things happening around you and in you, and, and you're just, I just got to tell somebody. I just got to process this with this someone, and I'm going to be real with you. This is, this is something that my, I, I am, obviously you guys know who I am. I'm the more words, more processing, fewer secrets kind of guy. But I'm getting there, man. I'm, I'm close. But I, here's what the Lord told me. I was processing through stuff. And all I wanted to do was like find one of my mentors and process with them. And, and I felt the Lord say, Jesse, when you over process things with people, you empower the anxiety and the fear. You empower places of hopelessness. And this might not apply to half of you or most of you, but I want to encourage you, especially in in a community of believers, over-processing your trials with people. It's not even about gossip. You might not use anybody's name. You might not slander anybody. But when you over-process things, like I'm talking about like you've told five people this morning about you know, the hard thing that went on at your house or something, or the, the you know, I lost my job, and I'm, when you over-process things with people, usually we're talking about how hard it is, right? Because we want to be real and authentic. It's not as hard as you think it is. Jesus has never let you down, and he will not let you down in this process either. And he will keep walking you through the, sh- the valley of the shadow of death. He will keep walking you through that. But the more you think and process, because when you process things, when you talk about stuff, you listen to stuff. Come on, come on. And when you talk about the hard place that you're in right now too much, oh, yeah. it, becomes, it becomes harder to get out of it. You right. It's like quicksand. It's like quicksand. It's like every time you process, you struggle a little bit in that quicksand, and you get a little bit more stuck. I don't know, is this just me? I think, I think it's just me. And you get a little bit stuck in it. And for someone like me that loves to talk, <laughs> processing feels like, like like, fresh air sometimes. Yeah, right. And I'm not, you know, you, you get me. I, I'm actually talking about processing with people I trust. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But even me, I just know that God's t- God tells me, Jesse, this is not as big of a deal as you're making it. Find truth and meditate on truth. Don't meditate on the cycle of frustration. Does that make sense? So, and some of you guys are processing internally with stuff. I want to encourage you guys. Don't over process internally either. If you're an introverted person, that's you. If you're an extroverted person, I want you to stop talking to people about this stuff. If you have marriage problems or relationship problems, you should not be processing that stuff with more than maybe one other person. Maybe two. Woo, that was heavy. Here's why. Because you're building trust with that person that you're having conflict with. And as soon as you let that outside of these two people, you are now in danger of losing trust in your own heart. I heard it said this way, when you process conflict with somebody else that isn't part of the solution, you're in danger. And so if you're going to process with someone, try to find somebody that can be part of the solution. And if you absolutely have to have a mentor in your life that you just like, am I crazy? Here's what's going on. Try to find somebody that's not connected to that person. Because that person, if they know them, if they know the person you're in conflict with, they might just say, oh, I know that person. You're not crazy. They are difficult. And now you have a story that's being reinforced. That actually didn't come from your relationship with that person. It came from somebody else. You get me? Yep. This is the danger of processing with too many people. They're going to start having empathy for your side. Wow. Come on. And now you're going to feel really righteous about holding on to this frustration. No versus, versus letting it go and knowing God's going to find a way through this. Okay. Yeah. I'll say it again. What I'm not saying is that processing and sharing with trusted advisors is wrong, okay? Counselors are beautiful. Therapists are beautiful for this. But if I can help you hem those reins in a little bit, okay? I'm working on being succinct, but I could just go on that. There's so much... When you over talk with, with people about stuff going on in your life, you literally unbridle the situation. It literally, it has, it just, imagine your, your frustrations just getting released into the wild. And now you got to go find a way to catch them all. It's like letting kittens run free. It's like, it's, no, like your frustrations will, will run away and you'll have to go find them. It's better if you just have one or two close friends that you process frustrations with. And one of those people should be Jesus. Okay. All right. The last one I have is like God gave us a powerful tool to affect and change our world. Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever it says. We we create stuff with our with our words. It, it's true. Ezekiel in, in Ezekiel thirty seven. I won't read it because I, I want to keep moving towards the end here. But um, God says to Ezekiel and he shows him the valley of dry bones, and he, and he and he eventually says, "What do you see?" Oh, I see a valley of dry bones. Okay, can, can these bones live? And he, Ezekiel does the the wise, smart answer. Oh Lord, only you know. Um, I'm not answering that question. And then he says, "Speak to these bones." And they come alive. Wow. Yeah. Come We're called to speak. Some of you guys spoke to a shoulder injury today, didn't you? Yeah. Come on. Come on. That's good. What happened? You <laughs> something happened. You spoke in accordance with God's word, in accordance with the promises that he's given us, and something happened. Yeah. I'm still blown away how many shoulder injuries we got healed this morning. And actually, what he says, what, what God told, tells him to, is says, prophesy and speak over these bones. Prophesy over these bones. When we prophesy, when we speak life, we are calling out that what is not as though it were. And we're literally speaking into being what we're not yet seeing. Um, it's in, um, is it Joel? I think it's Joel. Joel 5, I think it says, it says um, let the weak say I'm strong let the weak say I'm strong. It doesn't say, well, let the weak say I'm weak, because they know they are. <laughs> it says the weak say I'm strong. And so we're called to be believing believers that know who God sees us as, and to call ourselves as that, okay? So I want to give you a couple, um, a couple um, keys here. So um, I want I want to create a culture. The, as I think about creating culture, every time I share, I, I, I think I want to create culture. Somehow I want to create a culture. I want to create a culture where we are careful with our words. And I want to create a culture where we're careful for our friends' words. I, I don't want to be weird about it and like be a little overzealous and be like, ah, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. But I want us to hold each other accountable. Have you ever had a friend that says, when you say, like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, you can. Come on, come on. Something as small as that. Here's a couple examples. I can't do this. I'm not good at this. This won't work for me. Nothing happens when I pray. Wow. Cool. Can I, I, I want to do a little interaction. I think we have time for it. I want, I, want, I want to hear the things that you guys sometimes let slip out of your mouth that, that you know isn't actually bringing life and creating the right world around you. And then I want to hear the thing that you will start saying. Okay, so one of them I'm going to go into this is um, I, I I don't know how to do this. Wow. Well, one of the things that one of my mentors used to share with me we'd always say is there's always a solution. On, yeah. on, there's me. always a solution. So right now I'm actually going to ask you guys to interact. What are some things that you have that have come out of your mouth? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, if people are going in a rough place, you say, well, my my daughter is getting breakthrough right now. What's another one? Um, At work, I I, I would buy into some of the conversation like, oh, this is so hard. Great. But I told myself, I said, this is easy. This this is is so hard. But this is just and now you start saying this is easy. You know, what? staples, right? They have a little button. That was easy. Come on. I like it. All right. What else? Come on. And just real short. Go ahead. I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. And what are you going to say? But God says I am. Okay. So instead of "But God says I am," what are you going to say instead of "I'm not worth it"? When you have that thought, what's actually going to come out of your mouth? I am worth it. I'm so glad I'm worth it. Yeah, I am worth it. Awesome. What else? I'm too much. I'm too much. What are you, what are you going to say instead? Or not? <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to say? I'm just right. Come on. What else? Come on. I won't, I won't fit in. What are you going to say instead when you feel that? Well make me fit in. <laughs> <make> me fit. <laughs> yeah. I fit in everywhere I go because Jesus fits in. Come on. What else? Yeah. I'm tired. What's truth? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on. I, I wake up in the morning sometimes and I don't have a smile on my face. I've just told myself to smile. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. This little, this little one and a half old's happy. I can be happy. All right. Is that you raising your hand? I'm not good enough. What are you going to say when you feel that? I am good enough. Come on. I'm sad. (laughs) What are you going to say about that? I'm moving forward. Amen. I can't do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's do two more. I've made too many mistakes. What are you going to say? What was it? (laughs) <laughs> i've got one for you actually i will uh i will i uh, see my past will always be turned for good so i've got i've got five life-changing beliefs you guys ready we're gonna get through this kind of quick all right this is one of my one of my mentors steve Backlin. gave me these i want to give him all the credit um we would we he would always say these things this would be so if you want to write these down you can um i might be able to post them on one of our pages But just write it down if you can. Number one, you guys repeat after me. There is always a solution. There is always a solution. All right, the scripture is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I love the passion, so I'm gonna read that. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more for along with every trial, God has provided you a way of escape that will bring you out victoriously. So there is always a solution. And my, my daughter now says this. We have a problem or like something shifts or changes, or schedule changes and we don't know what to do. Reagan's like, quick, she's like, remember what dad says? There's always a solution. Come on. I started now, and now I'm getting my kids to say there's always enough. And so they're like, well, can I have a toy? There's enough for frozen yogurt. Not more toys though. All right. All right. So there's always a solution. Come on, say it louder. There's always a solution. Dude, that will change your world. I promise you that will change your world. As soon as you come up with a problem and you feel hopeless, there's always a solution. All right, I will always know what to do. What to do. Say it a little louder. I will always know what to do. All right, that's James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I will always know what to do. That's a big one, right? Because like, man, I don't know what to do sometimes. And I'm like, I can find five different answers to this question. I don't know which one to choose. But I will always know what to do. I will always. Say it again. I will always know what to do. Awesome. Number three, I will always succeed in everything I do. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things. You think it means all though? Listen, when you start saying things like this, you will start training your brain to look for solutions. It's scientific. If you believe there's no solution, your brain will not look for one. All right, I will always succeed in everything I do. One more time. I will always succeed in everything I do. Wouldn't you rather say that than, oh, I'm never gonna win at this thing. Like, which one do you think is gonna create fruit in your life? You may not have an answer as soon as you declare, "I'll always know what to do," but I promise you, it will come faster. Come all right, last uh, number four. I will always have the resources to do what needs to be done. I will always have the resources to do what needs to be done. Philippians four nineteen. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Listen, if, if, if you believe you have the resources, you know how many people get their dreams fulfilled? Because they just move forward. Because they just believe that resources will come. Some of that's you guys. You haven't moved forward because you don't have enough money. I will always have the resources. If he has called you, he will provide for you. If you want to go on a missions trip, I have seen people go on, like, Sign up for missions trips to Israel for a $4,500 trip with zero money in the bank account. I want to be like, what are you thinking? And they say, I don't know. I just feel like God's calling me to go on this trip. That's so irresponsible, though. You don't have any money. And they say, I just believe God's going to do it. And you know what? He keeps doing it. He does. He, he's not a respecter of everybody else's opinions. Yeah. If he says, I want you to go to Israel, sign your name on that thing, I will send you. Gosh. There's a testimony of, of the church called the Movement Church. I don't know where it's at, but it's called the Movement. Michael Wall sent me a, it's, it's moving, it's somewhere. He, he, he had a, a vision from God that says you're going to own this, like, this event center. It's huge, It's massive. And he says, you're going to own this. And they had 400 people in their church at the time. And he, and he, but he printed out a Google Doc with everything they wanted in it and a picture of it with their name, Movement Church, on the top of it. That was in 2008. This past year, they're now at like 2,000 people, but they just bought it. They bought it actually from underneath an events company that does like Dave and Buster's and big stuff. And they literally, it, it's a crazy testimony, but... I was just so captivated by what happens when you just believe there's, there's resources for what God calls us to do. And the longer you can just hold on to that promise, the more, the more fruit you're gonna have. All right, last one, you ready? My past will always be turned to good. My past will always be turned to good. All right, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God... That in, um, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things that have ever happened, he will work out for good. Your past, can, your, your past issues will not keep you from who he sees you right now. Let's say that again. My past will always be turned to good. One more time. My past will always be turned for good. Listen, Paul. Paul was was violent about this. Paul he he knew that if he ever looked back at his past and the kind of man that he used to be, he would never take a hold of the promises that God wanted him to do. So I just I want to encourage you guys. I'm going to say I'm, I'm I'll go through this. So you don't have to repeat them. That, that feels painful. All right, you guys. So there is always a solution. No, actually, let's repeat it one more time. Repetition's powerful. There is always a solution. I will always know what to do. I, know what I do. I will always succeed in everything I do. I will always succeed in everything I do. I will always have the resources to do what needs to be done. I will always have the resources to do needs to be done. And my past, will be to good. my past will always be turned to good. Now listen, I'm giving you guys permission to hold me accountable. If you ever hear stuff come out of my mouth. Like, oh, I'm not very good with names, or I don't, I don't think this is going to work, or I don't know if we have enough, or we don't have enough. Anything like that, I give you guys permission to say, uh-uh, Jesse, what's God, what's God really saying? All right? Now, I, I caution you, if you do it with each other, make sure you don't annoy the person. Make sure they're excited that you're doing that. All right? All right, how many of you guys think, like, you need, to, you need to work on your language a little bit? You need to, like, just kind of watch your mouth. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you every time. i speak this over you. Everybody I pray for gets healed. I always get prophetic words for people. Everybody I encounter is waiting to hear from God. Just things like that. And when you keep doing that, you recreate your mindsets. All right. That's all I want to say. I want you to stand with me. Oh, put your hand on your heart right now. Say, Jesus, I needed that. Lord, guard my mouth. Teach me to speak. Teach me to declare what's true about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Father, I ask that you would show us how to set this world afire with our words. God, I pray for our, our Instagram posts and our Facebook posts that they would actually bring life yes. instead, of, instead of uh, <laughs> not just tear it down, but even create confusion. On, Father, I pray that we'd be known by people as the most hope-filled people by our words. And Father, I pray for those areas that we're processing through. I pray you'd give us the right language to use so, so that we would stop using language that doesn't exude that there's a solution, that doesn't just breathe, God's got this. He's never let me down. You are a big God and you're so good to me, God. I oh, we thank you, God. Change our prayer life. Change our prayer life, God. I feel like God wants to change your prayer life right now. He wants to change your prayer life. I want to encourage you right now that he would give you words to declare over situations instead of praying for the situation. That you would speak to situations. That you would create solutions with your words. That you would create healings. That you would create new worlds for people. Yeah, God, we thank you, God. We love you, God. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, give God just a shout of praise. God, we thank you, God. We thank you. Hey, if you're on the prayer team, come on up. Come on up. We have an awesome prayer team, miracle workers. You know, what we, we like to say about our prayer team is this is our miracle team. They don't just pray for people. They create miracles for people.